Nothing makes fucking sense. Life makes no sense. You're on a planet right now. You think you're in America? Zoom out. Welcome to Something Crunchy, the Valley's number one comedy entertainment podcast. Biscuit is homies with Blake. Blake is the older brother of Blair. And Blair is married to Biscuit. Here are your hosts, Colin Blake with Blair and Tyler Dressel. Welcome to Something Crunchy. I'm Kevin Blake. With me, as always, Blair and Tyler Dressel. Thank you for joining us for part two of our annual Merry Crunchmas special. We have such a crunchy guest joining us. He's an actor, producer, podcaster, and stand-up comedian with a brand new Netflix special out called I Am Not For Everyone. You know him from HBO's Crashing and his new web series, Bad Can. He's the host of the You Made It Weird podcast, and he'll be back in the Valley at Tempe Improv on his Feeling It tour December 30th and 31st. Please welcome Pete Holmes. That's that's uh, something I don't do on my podcast, and I, I feel like the guests always uh, hate that. <laughs> I can see I can see why. You it know? makes me feel uh, welcomed, and, and that you did some research, and I appreciate it. Oh, thank you for joining us, Pete. Appreciate you being here for the second leg of our "I'll Be Homes for Crunch Miss Holiday Spectacular." <laughs> <laughs> What's new in your world? Well, I recently stole the idea to do a special called I'll Be Homes for Christmas. <laughs> for Such a good idea, Pete. I'll take, I'm, not, I'm not just saying this like a guy who'd steal your idea. That's occurred to me before and I've, as a great title. And I've always wanted to do... Stephen Colbert did my favorite comedy Christmas special. I don't know if you've seen it, um, but it's fantastic. And I've always wanted to do some version of like a you know, crack on fire and stuck. Oh, it'd be so you good. Need to, yes. We well, need it. Yeah, Colbert's is from like at least 15 years ago. I was so going to say, if it's the one I'm thinking of, either. it was like, yeah, 15, 20 years ago. No, about. it's time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, uh, it's same drop, but I've mentioned it to him how much I like it. And he he's very proud of it. And he should be. They wrote all the new songs. Yeah, I'm, I'm plugging something I didn't do, but this holiday season. Check out Colbert Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Colbert Christmas. <laughs> yeah. You're on your feeling it tour. How's it going? Are you feeling it? I am feeling it. I, I, I am touring just exactly how I like to tour, which is just about once a month. Uh, I, because I, I don't know. I, I look at my fellow comrades in comedy, and so many of them uh, sort of have the more is more approach. I, my jokes, uh, for me, like people notice that I laugh at my own jokes a lot. And and honestly, it's it's an honest reaction, and it's because I don't I don't overperform. That that's kind of a tricky thing to say. You can't really do that when you're starting. But now that I've been doing it for over 20 years, I like to I like to want to do the show, and the best way to do that is to not do too many shows. So when I'm in uh, Tempe or wherever I'm going next, after that, I'll actually be feeling it. So that's <laughs> actually yeah. doing inappropriate. It. As opposed to pretending to feel it, which there's nothing worse than watching a comedian pretending to enjoy their job. 
I actually will be enjoying it because I keep it special. See, and that's spoken like a true veteran, and you can tell when it comes off canned. Tempe's going to oh be God. looking forward to have you New Year's Eve in the Valley, December 30th and 31st at Tempe Improv. Tickets available at PeteHolmes.com. It's going to be a party, and Something Crunchy will be there to bring in the new year with Pete. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll be there the 31st, staying late for the Pete oh, and Greet. Great. Champagne and shrooms on us. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you're California Isn't sober sweet. right now. All organic, only fungus and cannabinoids. Is that right? <laughs> I am California sober, I just, which is, is a lazy way or a quick way, I guess, to say that I just don't drink anymore. Right. <laughs> it's very fun. It's very funny to tell people that you don't drink, but you're like, but I still take psychedelic drugs. <laughs> I still like to travel, you know. Natural. Yeah. That's, yeah. I'll, I'll pass on the wine, but I, I don't do psychedelics that often, but um, they, they, are, they have been very meaningful to me in my life. And uh, so, yes, and I'll occasionally smoke weed. I'll probably... Maybe after the show, smoke some weed with you guys. Right on. Sweet. Yeah, We're perfect. For it. Yeah, we just had Ari on. He mentioned that you had your first bad trip. We were sorry to hear that. Most people don't go to Tucson, but you played there anyway. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You wouldn't go to Tucson. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, Ari, Ari Shafir, did he really mention that I had He, a bad he sure did. Yeah, 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 I did. I must have told him that story. I've only had, I've only had one really classically bad mushroom experience. And what really stood out to me, because whenever I'm, you know, sitting here clear and comfortable, like I am speaking with you today, I'm always like, why don't you just like surrender to it? You know, like just enjoy it. Like it's weird. It'll be over. Uh, just just kind of embrace it. But that's the hardest thing in the world to do. Yep. It was such a cliche. The walls started like bleeding and nothing was standing still. And I was like, I hate this so much. <laughs> and, uh, trapped in it. it. it it, yeah, I felt so trapped, but then it turned for me when I did manage to go like, you know, it's a big, it's a big key to my life is that when I'm experiencing anything that I don't like, I just say, yes, thank you. Even if I don't mean it. In fact, I, I never mean it. I, I wouldn't have to say it if I meant it. Like, you don't have to say yes, thank you at an orgy. You know, you <laughs> say yes, thank you. You might. When, you know. I, you, you could, or you could get weird. Uh, but, you know, I was just flying today, which is why I'm in the car. And, you know, there's always, it's just a cavalcade of inconveniences and sore legs and all these things. So I, I catch myself in those moments having to say, yes, thank you. And it also works. Your brain just has no idea what to do with, uh, like, enthusiastic acceptance of whatever your circumstances are. And the, the irony is that's how you get rid of the suffering. I, I know this sounds kind of strange, but like when your flight is canceled, if you say, yes, thank you, it's just, I think, I, I have to think just neurologically, like spirituality aside, just neurologically, your brain is like, what? And then you just kind of sink into what's happening and, and can find a way to enjoy No, that's just yeah. coding your brain for a better perspective. Mindset and that totally works. Yeah, absolutely. It really works. Yeah. Thank you for letting me get that out. Just because if there's, if I could give everybody one tip, it's yes, thank you. It's it's been a, a game changer for my Such life. Such a great tip. In the military, we called that enjoy the suck. Enjoy the enjoy suck. the suck. I love that. And I, there's a new one that I just found. It comes from Buddhism, which is enjoy yourself even when you're not. And I, I was nice. I was just not enjoying it. You know, I had to take 
two flights. I'm a big, tall, heavy guy, and but his story, I had to get up at 4 a.m. And I kept saying, like, enjoy yourself even when you're not, which is, you know, I don't even have to unpack that. It's so good, but it's like your circumstances might not be what you want, but you can find a part of yourself that is sort of, you know, quietly and unobjectively observing it. And if you, if you shift into that perspective, like enjoying the suck, that's like find the part of you that's watching your life like it's a movie, catechs of that thing. That's it. Yeah. Be positive. It, well put, Pete. Yeah. Have you experimented with any other psychedelics? Other than mushrooms? Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Oh, sure. We surveyed a small focus group, and our study determined that you would be the most entertaining comedian to watch on ayahuasca for 24 hours, like if you live stream the whole thing on Patreon. <laughs> I feel like that's a guaranteed way to get paranoid. If you were just like, I'm having yeah. my brothers and sisters on this planet pay to watch me. Oh. uncover my own shit that that seems like <laughs> absolute nightmare watch that's nightmare that fuel. personal experience oh my living God. your own truman show that would just be a rabbit hole <laughs> oh. in a rabbit hole well sometimes when i'm on a uh something not ayahuasca i've never done ayahuasca but if i'm on a psychedelic and it can go one of two ways one i'll think about how i have a podcast and there's literally thousands of hours of me sharing every weird family story and every embarrassment and humiliation and all this all this oversharing right and sometimes when i'm on psychedelics i'm like that is the most beautiful thing a person could do <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, you're like overwhelmed sure. you're like oh my god instead of being ashamed or afraid you're even in the silliest poop my pants story you're you're kind of modeling this behavior of like it's okay. It's okay. Your life is okay. You're okay. We don't have to be ashamed or guilty. And that can be really beautiful. But sometimes when I'm mostly when I'm stoned, sometimes I, I'll think like, just don't think about how much content you have out there. Um, not because of anything you said or, 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 you know, like you might get canceled. It's not even that. It's just like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, why am I telling so many people so many intimate details of my life? But for the most part, it's a very positive feeling because I, I do think artists are not, we're all here to sort of help each other feel less alone and less afraid. Yes, that and connection. I think, right? Yes, that's exactly right. And psychedelics are that, even neurologically, just like this hyper-connective experience. And then you go like, oh, that, I'm thinking of a specific MDMA trip I had where I was like, and MDMA is wonderful for that. Uh, self-acceptance yeah it really is yes and i just was like it was al almost visual where I, I felt like there were all these dry leaves on the ground and i and they were and it was covering me and i swept them away and and the streets were paved with gold that doesn't mean <laughs> pete is gold it, it just means like we're all gold we're all right i sometimes i sometimes trip out on that it's like you could take the worst person in the world and if you gave them like seven days on the beach, swimming, eating well, getting sunlight, resting, massaging, nourishing them psychologically. You know, certainly there, I know there are extreme cases of mental illness, so there might need to be more. But if you get someone down to their base, everybody at their zero, before you add anything, is Enya. We all sound like, en we all sound like sail away. No one at their base, yes. no one at their most naked sounds like Slayer. 
that's not to say Slayer is wrong. I, I actually love aggressive music at times, but it's just like, isn't it beautiful that you can calm anybody down? And if you uncover their essence, and usually that's just, you know, just giving a person everything they need psychologically, physically, emotionally. If you settle them down, the most crazy person in the world is is playing, uh, you know, Yanni. They don't. <laughs> no one sound. No one sounds like speed metal at their. You know, think about like Deep Sleep as a good example. Like in even your... like the most unhinged, unhinged person in your deepest sleep state, you're still Enya. You're still this beautiful, spacious, empty, luminous, infinite light. And I, I, I try to keep that in mind, especially when I'm dealing with very difficult people. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, you have to. But a lot of you are we're all conditioned to become another sound and we all have to be another sound. But deep down, we're all we're all in you. That's something helpful to keep in mind. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, that That's is awesome. Good to remember. <clears throat> have you had any like spiritual experiences through uh, meditation and without any other substances involved? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great. That's a great question. I, I think substances really blow the the door off the hinges, and that that's great. Um, and then I think it's not a it's not a um, prolongable strategy, though. Meaning, it shows you the potential sure. that you that we all have. And then I the most consistent sort of heart opening. Unif unity consciousness stuff I, it's not so much um meditation for me anymore i really love uh breath work which i know is sort of a cliche at this point i sound like a, a, a npc in a grand theft auto game <laughs> there's no other words you, to describe it i, I know exactly yeah, what you're talking about yeah you know what i'm saying you run by me and i'm just some guy with a ponytail that goes like if we're getting really into breath work and and, 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 it, and it feels so good to hit me with your car. I hit those people with my car in, in Grand Theft Auto as well. But, but you know, cliche aside, like, so again, for me, it's, it's contemplation, which is contemplation is really just a waking meditation. It's, it's where you, it's not con, con, contemplating something. Sometimes you can hold an idea in your head, but it's really just trying to say yes to everything that's happening. Yes to a rock or a tree and, dropping the label rock or tree and just experiencing it merging with it but breath work is really really um powerful to get you into that um so the answer is yes yeah, nice. they're not they're not always as visual but or as like you know wild but usually when i'm in the middle of like a academy trip or something i'm like oh this this is familiar this is that place that i that I can get to through breath or through reading or, or quiet or surrender. Tell your place. That's why so many people take psychedelics and they're like, Oh, it was like going home. And it's like, yeah. well, what does that tell you? Yeah, <laughs> you know what familiar. I mean? It, 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 it was, it was so familiar in the, in the same way that a dream can feel so familiar. You're just like, Oh, this isn't, I didn't go anywhere. In fact, just to answer your earlier question, when I, I did five MEO, DMT and and that was a, a real experience it was sort of like a, a death like a death rehearsal mm. and the experience was like you don't go anywhere you you're already there you're already the only place there is which is here and you're only the only the only time there is which is now 
so it's it's a shedding of everything that isn't infinite or eternal or spacious or free so but but it was the removal of the it's kind of like cleaning up the the signal to the antenna or or letting the the sediment settle in a lake you know it just kind of like falls to the ground and then it's a clear lake but you go like oh my god it wherever we ever will ever go if that's the sentence we're already here now you know what i'm saying like the the content and the and the and the colors or the visuals those all change but you're always you're already there is what i'm saying that that's the biggest takeaway speaking my language anywhere, those are great analogies yeah. as well too i can tell you get it isn't that crazy like you don't you've never gone anywhere in your life you've never have you ever <laughs> been really stoned and got gotten the feeling i have many times where you're like walking and you're like i really feel like my feet are moving let's say you're walking towards a building and you feel like your feet are moving the building like on a treadmill towards you like you're not going towards the building it's almost like the building is coming to you well that's it that, yeah. that, there's sort of a wisdom to that is you're like you are an unmoving spacious field and everything when deepak chopra did my podcast he said you are the still point of the moment like like a frame in a movie projector everything plays through that frame but you've always and only ever been in the same place and when you really trip out on that you're kind of like all of time is happening simultaneously your whole life is happening simultaneously and and you can just kind of drop in and appreciate it not just as a thought experiment but it makes this conversation i'm having with you all the more vivid because it's the only thing that's happening it's absolutely the only thing that's happening truckers would know that as road hypnosis when the road stops, like you right. start going down the road and the road stops coming toward you. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that, that's, a, that's a transcendent experience. For re I, I really love watching YouTube videos about speed running, like people that speed run old Nintendo games and stuff. They get so into it. And you could kind of look down your nose at that and be like, what a waste of time. This guy played Mike Tyson's punch out 10,000 times. I'm like, <laughs> no, look at how creative the divine, for lack of a better term, the divine is, is seeking us out everywhere. And that flow state that you get into while you're long haul trucking or, or knitting or uh, swimming, hiking, rock climbing, certainly if your life is on the line, those, those things bring you into that same here and nowness. It is our true nature that we're really, you know, homesick for. And isn't it just such a, gracious gift that that comedy can be that like when, yeah. when yeah. on stage and i'm in a flow a, a short order cook knows that flow state psychology knows that they, they called it the flow state i would say it's a you know to use another buddhist term no self no problem all of your problems come from your identification identification with yourself as a separated individual as bills and relational problems circumstantial problems mm -hmm. maybe health problems and when you're in that flow state, all of that that is not essential to you goes to the side. It might be flipping burgers or, or playing Castlevania. It doesn't matter. Professional sports. State, it could be absolutely. And not only professional sports, but when we're watching an athlete, we're taken with him. When you watch Michael Jordan, he takes you with him to a, a selfless place. When you're holding your breath and it's the fourth quarter, you're also not there. Meaning you are there, but you're there as that naked awareness. 
And when you're in that naked awareness, you have no problems. This is why we're obsessed. This is why we're obsessed with anything and everything that we're obsessed with, because it doesn't have to be a rosary or a meditation or a, or a monastery. All of these things are, 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 it could be gardening, are bringing you back to a, to a naked state, uh, which, is, which is just, I'm gonna say that that's the only happiness there is. And, and it's not even actually married to the event that occasions it. It's, it's who you are all the time. It's just, there's so much clutter getting in the way. So those, those activities help us uncover our true nature. This is how you get homes for Crunchmas, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, there you go. These are the thoughts to bring into the new year. Yeah, that's right. Just need come, all of now come right now. see me do diarrhea and <laughs> at the Tempe Improv. I'll be talking about big gases. But you know what's funny is I actually think, you know, obviously I, I love that you guys like talking about this stuff. It, it's my number one interest if we had to rank mm. it. But comedy. We could talk about this forever. Right? I, me too. But and then my comedy isn't isn't an hour of this, but like just in the same way that speed running Mario Brothers gets you into But that that's why the well, podcast is important. You have you know, there's your identity from being on screen and being on stage, and then there's the humanizing aspect and then yeah. the the yeah. real you that comes through on your podcast. And when you've done it over a decade like you have yeah, you're going to have a lot of that content out there. It's awesome right. you can reflect on all of that. Yep. Even doing stupid jokes. Like, I love stupid jokes. <laughs> the, the audience, it's, it's sort of a by any means necessary thing, meaning life is so confusing. We're in outer space. We're in these temporary, you know, meat suits, and it's, and, and it's crazy, and we're not talking about it. But, like, doing a joke about Q-tips, I have a joke about Q-tips that I like a lot, <laughs> it doesn't matter when when you're laughing it can be about something trivial but that is also when i say holy i mean whole it, it merges the audience it merges me with the audience it merges us with our experience so i i don't think comedy has to be overtly spiritual to be sort of a a beautiful and important release in the, in the same way that everything we were just saying is a beautiful and important Totally agree. Yeah. It's well, relatable for everybody. And then you can get your, you know, real message across that everybody can help themselves. That's right. Well, honestly, if you start, and I do sometimes talk about spirituality, but it's hard to keep people in a spacious place and bring up something as divisive as, as your thoughts on God or whatever. Mm -hmm. So you start talking about it, you can actually kind of lose them because they'll start going like, well, that's kind of that's Calvinism, or or that's Buddhism. I and I'm not Buddhist, or I'm this. So you might actually lose them when all you're trying to do is is keep them. You know? Right. So, so Q Q-tip jokes might do a better job delivering people to a selfless place yes. than actually overtly being like, like I'm always trying to write new God jokes, and it's tricky because if if you if you step on a landmine. It's not that I don't want to offend or disagree with somebody, but I just want to write jokes that everybody can come with if you're an atheist. For sure. Yeah. Well, that's territories where you start unchecking boxes and no one wants to do that on stage. You want to, everyone can relate to a Q-tip joke. That connects everybody. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And, <laughs> and we need it. You know what I mean? We need comedy. Comedy is so beautiful. It yeah. really is. Yes. Yeah. The times that I've been going through a breakup or, you know, financial insecurity or health insecurity or whatever it is 
you, you, I can lose touch with that because I do so much comedy. But like when I need it, and then therapeutic. It me, yeah. Yeah. I'm like oh, I was like sleeping for thirty six hours. Like you feel <laughs> so good afterwards. Yes. Yeah, and you haven't had to deal with breakups or any of that in a while. You and Val, do you do it a big for the holidays? Well, part of the reason I'm in uh, a particularly good mood as I'm talking to you is I'm on my way back to see my wife and daughter. I've been gone. I've been in Winnipeg for I don't even I don't even know. Talk about time not existing. One of my strategies with long film shoots is is you just take it one moment at a time. But right. it's been it's been a while. Maybe I don't know. I'd guess I haven't seen them in maybe eight or nine days, something like that. So so I'm going home and it's one of the greatest you know, there there are these different altitudes we can fly at, right? And I think it's important to fly at all of them. One of them, and we sort of started there, is like, well, what's it all about? Like, okay, it's it's all one, and you're made of spacious awareness or whatever you want to say. But then there's also just like the circumstances of your life, and and that's important too: your mental health, your physical health, your emotional health. And one of the happiest things in the world is I'm going to walk in the door. I, I put a, I get my daughter a little gift, and I I put it up my shirt. And I always tell her I forgot to get her something. And then she <laughs> jumps on me and pats me down looking for it. And, you know, I think if you could put me in a CAT scan in that moment, my oxytocin would be like near heroin level. <laughs> one of the, one of the happiest so things. Yeah, that's great. Isn't it great? And, and, and it's another thing, too. The, the being away informs the being there. You know, it's, it's like it's better. We, we want to do the things that make us feel good and, and then just do them all the time. But isn't it a, a strange clue mm-hmm. of the universe that it doesn't work to just hit the big red button? Like, even just the way our brains work, if, if cake makes you feel good, isn't it weird that eating a whole cake doesn't make you feel good? But there's like a, <laughs> there's like a, there's like a clue to the whole thing in that. Val, Val and I always say heroin doesn't, doesn't work. Isn't that crazy? Like morphine doesn't work. Like it, it will ultimately kill you or drain you or, or you'll just need more and more. We all know that. Mm. But like it, it's, it's, a, it's a wave. Everything's supposed to be a wave. I can't just constantly be with my wife and daughter. In fact, they know this. We don't even always want to constantly be together. You need it to be up and down and up and down. And I, I try to be as home as much as I can. And I'm not even gone that often. But when I am gone, it's better. I come home with this like fervor, and I, and and we're back to my standup. That's why, I, you know, standup is a little bit like a drug. You know, sometimes when I get off stage, I I have to tell myself, um, don't talk because I I feel so flooded with feel good chemicals, <laughs> hormones, that I'm like I'm like I've never done cocaine, but I'm like I feel like I'm poked up right now. And if you talk to me, I'll I'll tell you something insane, or I'll tell you <laughs> yeah. I'll write a I'll write a movie about your life. I'll promise that we'll we'll take a road trip. I'll tell a, a, a random fan that we need to go to lunch the next day because yeah. I'm just so just high on life I'm, right now. I'm not trying to be committed yeah. to anything. That that's been a hard learned lesson. Is like if you feel like the Fourth of July inside, just keep your mouth shut because. That's kind of an abuse. Don't don't impose your good feeling 
on your ordinary tomorrow. You know I mean? Just kind of kind of keep your mouth shut and just just say thank you. I'm glad you were here. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's perfect. Right. So <laughs> you were vegan. You're not anymore, but you were with exceptions. When did you come yeah. back to the dark side? And what was the dish that yeah. broke you? <laughs> I, I love this question because I'm still processing it, to be honest. It's not something <laughs> I have complete um, clarity on. Uh, I'll say that it started because we had a baby. And um, we started giving our baby formula just to kind of, you know, supplement breastfeeding and there I was sort of that that was sort of the first sort of crack was I was like here I am so grateful that um, you can get formula and formula is obviously made from cow's milk and I was like okay here we are already we weren't going to make our daughter a vegan uh, and she's not but but I was like okay here she's doing that and then you know that goes into endless you know what it is it's like sometimes a pizza is just a pizza you know like Freud sometimes a pizza is like factory farming and and all these nightmares environmental nightmares animal rights nightmares and and, and I concede that uh that, that's all valid and then sometimes I'm just riding my bike to a pizza place with my daughter and we get a pizza and, and it sort of transcends the horror <laughs> you know what I'm saying like yeah balance I, I, I don't know yeah yeah balance I, I don't know what to say other than it's just sort of like uh it's what's happening you know i i can't say i feel great no that makes sense all of it well you shouldn't That's feel guilty like, about any of it no well that I'll, I'll say one of the great things being an ex-vegan sort of stinks because you did all that once you stop eating animal products you're you're sort of emboldened to do all the research as to why you shouldn't eat animal products and now eat animal products again, and that sucks. <laughs> like, I, I, I can't. Now I, I can't know. Just can't not, go back. I can't unsee yeah. it. I can't unlearn it. It was better. Yeah, the the best version was me before all of that. But I think <laughs> veganism is a great, a great and compassionate. Did you get uh, any choice. special powers while you were vegan? Were you able to like? <laughs> That's... But you could hear sharper or like, what do you No, Like, you know, spiritually, it, it was it easier to connect to the source at the time. Like I, I found that that was, you know, it was easier for me to connect when I was hungry. So I, I imagine veganism could kind of go down Eat the same line. Vegans is being hungry. Yeah. You know, like just never <laughs> totally satisfied. Well, okay. A couple things about that. One, one thing that I like about eating uh, animal stuff now is that I eat fewer things. When, when I was vegan, I was eating thousands of things. Exactly. You know what I mean? And a lot of, you know, I'm not even putting it down. I think it's a miracle that we have things like Impossible Burgers and all that. And I'll still eat one of those from, from time to time because I don't really eat a lot of red meat. But um, I, I'm, I'm going to quote Jesus here. Weird. Um, it's, <laughs> it's weird being raised Christian I still enjoy some some of the JC stuff. He says <laughs> he's got some hot JC. quotes. <laughs> he's got a, he's got a lot of quote. He's got a lot of memes. That guy, but um, <laughs> but he says you know it's not what goes into your mouth that makes you clean or unclean. Of course, he's talking to a Jewish uh, audience at that right. point, and there was such an obsession with um, purity. And I I even notice a, a psychological correlation to feeling like unclean or like you've inherited the worst parts of your parents or 
anger or rage. And I think one of the reasons why on the West Coast where there's so much, you know, um, self-improvement and psychology and therapy and all that stuff, although that's, you know, it's spreading everywhere. Um, that's why there's so many juice fasts, you know, you do all that work to uncover the horrors of your childhood or whatever it might be. You start to feel broken and you're like, well, I, I'll fix this with my diet. I think there's a reason, of course, there's a reason why all that language on organic and vegan food is like clean and pure. And you know what I mean? It might as well just say fixed or unbroken right. or, or yeah. complete. The complete <clears throat> tofu. I mean, I, I would believe a tofu <laughs> brand called complete. No, no one would look twice, you know, or anything like that. So you, you sort of have to reconcile and make peace with the, with the grittiness, not just externally, but internally. And your attitude towards it externally can sort of mirror how it is internally. The one thing I can say with some with with cert, certitude is that now that I eat chicken and, and some dairy, uh, that sort of stuff, and fish, I I do catch myself. And this is just me. I can't say it's every vegan, but I just don't, uh, judge people. You know, I'm on set and everybody's eating, you know, pork face or whatever, <laughs> and I just. I, just, I, I enjoy not looking down on that. And, and that, that was more of my issue. I can't say that with other people's issues. That, that's a superpower to, to not being vegan anymore. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, I'm sort of shocked that the difference in how I feel is people that eat um, meat are like, it's, it's a huge game changer. I looked on ex-vegan reddits and stuff, and they're like, oh, it helped with my anxiety, and I'm grounded, and I'm earthed and I'm satiated and all this stuff. I haven't noticed a huge difference. Um, the only diet that I did that really, really, really gets you high is, is raw vegan. Um, that that's insane. If you if that's you eat raw much, vegan, yeah. yeah, but it's, it's also insane in what it'll do. It, it it will get you like high. Like I I I, I don't do it anymore. But the times when I would go months being raw vegan, I was like, my skin could have powered Nevada. <laughs> really? My, my, my eyes were like so white and everything just felt so alive. So I'll jump to a conclusion that I haven't shared. I've been interested to share this. There's two diets that have been proven. And this isn't woo-woo. You can, you can look it up. Unfortunately, you have to look it up on YouTube. But there's documentaries on YouTube about reversing... Um, type 2 diabetes and sometimes type 1 diabetes one is raw veganism so they get they got like 15 people with type 2 diabetes they put them on raw vegan for 30 days and i think it's something like 90 percent of them wow, uh, reversed wow. It, which is crazy which is insane but the other one and this is a sticky pickle for my my vegan <laughs> brothers and sisters is the other one is the carnivore diet okay so the carnivore diet reverses uh, diabetes. Raw veganism reverses diabetes. So I'm over here going, uh, ethics aside, because I, I, that's where I'm still not quite clear. But ethics aside, um, it seems to me that processed foods and, and sugar are really fucking us up. Yeah. For sure. So if, yeah. if you eat a lot of raw vegan vegetables and vegetables and living food, and it seems to me and you eat a lot, uh, eat meat on its own, like clean, or there's no clean, you know what I mean? Like not deep fried meat. Uh, I think that's, 
I'm wondering, I'm like, where's the expert that would say that? It's all these extremes. It's, it, it's, it's always the extremes it's, and never just about the yeah. balance. Yeah. You know, I'm waiting for the person, you know, whole 30 is sort of that way. It's like eat lean meat and vegetables. Um, but I haven't heard too many people not walking that middle way and being like, well, it really seems to be like, eating Doritos and, and ice cream. And <laughs> right. I did like the keto diet because I felt like that was like the only diet I ever had because I had gestational diabetes when I was pregnant. So I had to do mm. where it was basically just like all balance, you know, where it's like, I like that, you know, mostly protein. If yeah. you had cut out the carbs and sugar, if you had carbs and sugar, you had to eat way more protein, hype up the protein. Yeah. And that was it. So it was like, again, that healthy oh, balance. Well. Yeah. I, it's we're going into the holidays and my mother-in-law makes these cookies that are uh, Ritz peanut butter sandwich and she covers them in chocolate. Oh, I, I, I can't, I can't, you guys, even. Wait, 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 hold on. A, a Ritz cheese cracker covered in chocolate. It's Ritz, two Ritz with peanut butter in the middle. Oh, it's okay. peanut, oh, butter. Ritz peanut butter sandwich is covered. Okay. In, okay. Okay. All right. And going back to my drinking, I'm, I have a really hard time not eating 30 of those meaning i think those are related you know I, I the only reason i hesitate to call myself an addict is because i don't want to think the recovery people that i'm co-opting them because i'm not in any program but i feel like a self-diagnosed addict and when she brings those cookies out i'm like god damn it here's the test because i you. know that's that's it. Yeah. Here's the test for you, Pete. If you grab one of those cookies and you medicate it with 100 milligrams of THC, could you yeah. still pound a whole bag of them? Could you stop yourself I, knowing that you were just <laughs> putting in 100 I, milligrams per every cookie? Every bite. That's that's brilliant. I would <laughs> not. I'm a lightweight. If I eat, you're 10 welcome. <laughs> I'm. I'm and then it'll be fun to watch what happens to everyone else. You know? Yeah. <laughs> That's a real treat. Yeah. I, you know, just to bore you with one thing that's, that's made my life a lot better is, is I, I'm actually fasting today. So two days a week I fast. So you're hungry I, today. I, I'm actually, so this is, this is one of the dopest things about it. I've been doing it for months. Um, first of all, I lost like 35 pounds in seven weeks, not doing anything except two days a week. So usually Monday and Thursday, this week is Monday and Friday. Um, you eat a quarter of your calories. So you can figure out what your, what your calorie intake should be based on your height and your weight. Mine's about 800 calories is a, is a quarter of my calories. I do 600. And if anyone out there, I'm only saying this, I'm not saying this to be a, a Hollywood douche. I'm saying this because <laughs> as someone who like so much of my life, I was like, what the fuck do I do if you just want to get some of this weight off? It's so hard on your knees. It's well, all this stuff. Uh, that's been the most sustainable. And honestly, after you get past the first two weeks, it really becomes effortless. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because going into that addict mind, addicts do really well with black and white. If you tell me you can eat these cookies, I'll eat, I'll eat 30 of those cookies. But I'm going home today. It's a fast day, so it's just like a switch. It's it's just binary. I'm, it's flipped off. I will eat none of those cookies, and and I know that because I've gone this whole day without eating. I, I had some. I had a, a little protein bar and some nuts, so that's 300 calories. So, but I know I'm not gonna like waste all of that restraint 
by eating the cookies. And I need that high wire act to do anything. So anyway, that, that's my 30 second spiel only because I'm like, I know there's people out there that are just like, there's gotta be, you know, so many people do like the intermittent fasting and stuff. I'm like, get that out of here. Just do it two days a, two week. Day a week. It's so much easier. You wouldn't think it, but it's way easier. And then the morning you wake up after a fast day and you're just like, oh my God, it's an, it's an eating day. It's one of the best feelings. <laughs> it's <just> like <clears throat> you, feeding yeah. time. Well, you have the awareness and the balance and you're executing it. And it looks like it's working well for you. You're in superhero shape. I want to talk about bad canned. These are hilarious. Yeah, yes, they are. Where did this idea come from? Where do you find a six foot six film quality Batman suit? Yeah. Clearly custom made. That's great questions. You know, we've been doing them for over 10 years. <laughs> And it was just, so good. believe it or not, I appreciate that. There was a t- So the first one we did was called Batman Vanishes. I was working with Oren Brimmer. I still work with Oren. He's one of my best friends. And he's an incredible director. So he had the directorial uh, vision of making, making them funnier by making these videos look exactly like the Nolan movies, or as close as we could. So... <laughs> The first ones were with college humor. They got the bat suit. You'll see the bat suit gets better as we go. It now does. it finally actually fits me. <laughs> um, some of them are, I'm thinking of the Riddler one. It's it, The suit isn't very good. I'm also quite a bit heavier. So it, it, like it was just tight for a lot of reasons. But um, <laughs> now we have a nice one. We just did this new series called Bat Can, which was the first ones that we self-produced which means it's usually you know someone else finances it and then they air them on their channel or whatever and we were like sort of as an experiment we were like what if we try to do these on our own and just upload them to my youtube which is just pete holmes and i'm very happy to say it worked it, it the audience is still there we hadn't done one in i think five years maybe more and uh and it's, it's so fun. So we, we did Batman fires the Justice League. So he fires <laughs> Aquaman and Superman and Cyborg and Wonder Woman. And then there's some outliers where I fire the Batman, even though I, I liked the Batman a lot, but we still make fun of the Batman. And then I fired Joker as well, which was extra fun for me because I, I really hate the Joker movie. I, I just think it sucks. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it wasn't my favorite. The Joker's supposed to be a mystery because he's a, he's a symbol for chaos. And and if you look at like all the great, and I don't mean to be too lofty here, but look at the great myths of humanity. You know, in, in Native American cultures, there's like the coyote, which symbolizes just random, absolutely reasonless chaos. So we've always needed a symbol of someone like in Dark Knight, nothing in his pockets but knives and lint. Like, that's all he is. He just eats and breathes chaos. He lights piles of money on fire. He, he just wants to disrupt. And that's, that's sort of what we're stuck in, not to be too spiritual. But once you split into two, you have up and down, you have good and bad, you have reasonable, you have unreasonable. Look to the world for many examples of that. But human beings need these symbols to make sense of it and to kind of, you know, feel some solidarity like look at how crazy the world is look at how insane it can be so when you just make him like an incel basically like a just like a disturbed and i don't know we don't have to get into that too much but i'm like we don't need the origin story 
of chaos. Right. He's supposed to be. He's it's supposed a to be a mystery. Yeah, Batman can have a symbol because we're Batman. And then this movie is like, no, you're Joker. And I'm like, fucks, we don't need help being Joker. We need help being Batman. Yeah. We all have both. We all have both in us. And we all know the origin story of our Joker. We need to be inspired with the origin story of our Batman. Yeah. That's, the, that's the guy who know he wants to kill and he won't. That's, that's incredible. Not just a guy that incites riots. Look, if you want to watch like a good Joker movie, and it has Joaquin Phoenix because I, I I have no issue with Joaquin Phoenix. It's like watch The Master, watch Paul Thomas Anderson's The Master, watch There Will Be Blood. There's a lot of movies that are about antiheroes, but it it illustrates the cost of it, not just this like the world sucks, you're a troll, so go fucking attack someone on a subway. I'm like, we don't need to shine a light on that. You can read the news. Yeah, like, that's so true. Who, and like, what's the payoff? Who is this movie? That, Who was that for? That inspires that the for? negative. We don't need that. Like yeah. that—that's a byproduct of like the inspiration of the positive. I and I'm not like everything needs to be a Disney movie. But when you look at these character studies of dark, like take there will be blood. He does murder. He does steal. He's a horrible human being, and he ends up alone in a mansion with a dead priest at his feet, and he's not happy. He. And he loses his son. Like, that is a myth. That's a story that says, sure, you can lean towards your darker impulses, but look at the cost. And you don't have to, it doesn't have to be a a moral morality play, but it should be honest. It's not, you're not supposed to be like, I'll do this. And everyone comes to Times Square with a clown mask and, and worships me. And now I'm the Joker. Get the fuck out of here. The only Joker that makes sense is getting punched in the fucking face by, by Batman. Because <laughs> that's where we're all, every morning you wake up and both voices are in you. Both voices are in you. And, and I think if you're going to look at the shadow, look at it. But you better be honest because it's not, it's not glory. I, I can be evil. I'm not saying I, I act evil. I'm just saying I have the option to be evil. And when you are dishonest or when you steal or you cheat, or, or you cut the line. Yeah, okay, you get on the plane faster. But it, it takes, it, it, it accumulates like tar in your lungs. And if you don't show that, I mean, I don't know. We don't, we don't need help looking at that. So I love doing that video more than any, any of the others because it's just like, that one is straight from my heart. We didn't need a script on that one. It's no, like, that's good. One, you were really feeling it. Put the Joker in front of me and just let me tell him how much he sucks. As opposed to Heath Ledger's Joker, where at least there, you know, there's so much more to that. It was more like No Country for Old Men, and that's a symbol. I don't want to see the origin story of Anton Sugar. You know, like I, I don't need to know that because he's a symbol of chaos and death. We don't, you know, I don't, I don't. Ugh, you, I've made my point. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hold on. I need to finish my little shot of magic mind here. Pete, you ever heard of this stuff? You know I have. I baby. know you have. I'm, I'm a big believer. I, I, I give it to all the guests that do the pod. And Works. I just had one. It's, it's, it's truly wonderful. It made my brain and my mouth match up on like the speed that I had oh, going on. Like, perfect. you know, when my brain is over firing with some funny stuff, a lot of the times my mouth can't keep up with it and 
half of the funny oh, comes yeah. out, but I was able to get a lot of the jokes out that I was thinking on the fly. It and was that's, a great episode. That, yeah. Pistons are firing. That, it, a, totally. That's a perfect way. Perfect way to put it. When we did the back can series, uh, it's funny to think on the ground next to Batman is, is my script. And then just like several empty bottles of magic. Wine. And that's not, just an em- <laughs> that's not an empty plug. Like before I found, I'm all about these little life hacks and, Alpha Brain, uh, which is a, another nootropic, but it's a different formula from Magic Mind. To me, the difference between like the funniest people I know, and a lot of them aren't comedians, but I, I kind of don't don't even really care that they're hilarious because the job is meaning I, I I care, but I have more respect for the comedian who might not be twenty four seven hilarious, but you you make it your job to be funny at eight o'clock on Friday. Uh, which is so much more difficult than just kind of being funny on a road trip with your friends when when you're comfortable. So like these little life hacks like Magic Mind are, are so wonderful to kind of like tell your brain, now's the time or throw it into gear. We got it. We got a show to do. So you're full of these great bits of advice and life hacks and finding the balance in both the uh, the physical and the spiritual nature. In, I appreciate that, man. And uh, you're six foot six. Do I have that right? Yeah, I'm six five and a half, but we we bump it up. To six, six five and a half. Yeah, see, I am too. You're in you're in good company. I'm the exact same height. Tyler here's six seven. Oh, Ew. oh wow. Like if you are you a fourteen foot or are you? See, that's the he weird thing. No, I'm, I'm a fourteen foot. He's what? 12? I'm a twelve. Yeah. yeah. Like I. Well, oh, that's okay. you know probably because I wore shoes that were too small for me growing up, and my toes curled over, <laughs> and I turned oh, into a twelve. You got bound. You know, it, had I been like a, a flip-flop wearer back in the day, I would have been like a 16 with that second toe of mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the good news, like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, 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 is tricky once you start getting into the big and tall store. Exactly. Right. And impossible to find clothes. I bring all. it I'm up to get to another know. tall perspective because yeah. we got into a violent debate last week over whether or not a guy our size should ever be the nine in a 69. <laughs> like the one on top doing the planking. <laughs> Do you care to weigh in oh, here? 69, 69 man on top? Yeah. yeah. It's a 96. Old, oh my God. The old 96er. I, I don't know where I read it, but when I was young, I read, like, I must have looked it up, so it was probably Alta Vista or something. <laughs> I looked up what a 69 was, and it was some very academic thing, and it said the man was on top. And I was like, that is, that just doesn't sound right. So it's I'm going to say, right. not only not should a six top. foot six man never be the top, no man should ever be the top. Thank and, you. I am so glad to hear we are on the same page on this. I mean, in order for this to work, the person on the bottom would need to be no less than six feet tall. I've done the math. 90 degrees, plus or minus 10, yep. using the average American size of five and a half inches. Otherwise, you'd have to be in the scared cat position with the cartoon-style yes. arched back. Yes. And yeah, like a caterpillar. Ex- there's nothing sexy about the caterpillar. Or have, weight distribution. You could have terrible scoliosis and get away with it. You'd have to have some yeah. serious scoliosis. The shredder toy from Ninja Turtles. <laughs> I know exactly what he's talking about. There's a reference. There's a reference. You're going to think about it. You're going to think about it. Yeah. Next time you're in the you you're planking in the nine position, here. you're going to be thinking about it. How do you feel about Quick 96? <laughs> Love the quotes and references, Pete. 
one of our favorite things about you are these quotes. You quote movies, you quote philosophers, religious texts, you even have your own Pete-isms, which are so great. I'd like to throw out a couple of my favorite Pete-isms, and you just quickly provide a little context or the meaning behind them. Cool? Sure. All right. Yeah, you got it. If I were you, I'd be you. Oh, come on. That's, that's you started right at the top. <laughs> that, uh, that is the, the gateway to compassion for me, which is hard for me. I, I, I like making fun of people. My brain is very judgmental, just sort of refle reflexively. So it can be tricky for me to keep my heart open, especially the difficult people in my life. And, uh, you know, let, let's say you have a hard time with Trump. It's very helpful to me to say, if I were him, I'd be him. Meaning, if I was born in his body, if I had his circumstances, if I had his physiology, his biology, his genealogy, um, it's it's honestly it took it took me about forty four years to come up with that one. But I, I was having a hard time with my I think it was my dad, and I was like, "What's going on? Why is he this way?" And I'm like. If if I were him, I'd be him. So I, I, I thank you for reminding me of that one. That's the good me. stuff, Pete. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How about this one? Oh, thank you. Follow the dream that's following you. Yeah. Oh man, what a what a good host you are. <laughs> I I just I I get very passionate about this. So I'll keep it brief. But like I I just think it's if your dream is to be rich, powerful, and well known, um, I would just get curious about what your actual dream is because we inherit our dreams uh, from our culture um, and we're in the West, those are the big things. Be rich, um, be powerful and be famous. And a dream is so much more personal than your culture. A dream is something, it's, it's sort of like a dream, meaning as personal as a dream you would have at night, it's deep in your unconscious. So when people are like, I want to be a stand-up, I'm like, are you sure about that? Like, and then try it. And if it, if it grabs you, if it puts its hook in you, and then also I would add, if, if you're good at it, meaning if you're progressing, you don't have to be good right away, but if you're, if you're moving in the right direction, like you feel yourself a little bit better, a little bit better month after month, that's what I mean by the, oh, the dream's also following me. Like it wants to find you, like, a dream and a project and a and a a joke or a movie or whatever or or a bakery or a business or a, whatever it might be. When you start following it, it it follows you. It comes and heals like a dog and and follows you along. So don't force something. Like you want to be Captain America in a movie. I'm like fucking get get a little bit more honest. Like what's really written on your heart, and you'll know. When you start doing it, it'll make you feel alive. It'll make you feel like you're in the right place, even when it sucks, because stand-up sucks. But I knew there was never any doubt. I wasn't like, should I be doing this? That's what I mean. Look for that feedback, and don't just insist that your one purpose just so happens to be the one purpose that your culture values or will make you rich and famous and a consumer. Like, that's nonsense. Like, look, look for the one that's really written on your heart. I like that you touch on the suffering as well, because I remember you saying once that uh, value is a conceit, and that is so true and vital to life. 
And on that note, suffering and stand-up do go hand-in-hand, and uh, Crashing was clearly a love letter to that, pain and suffering of becoming a comedian, which was so well done in one of our favorite shows. Well, that that show can be summarized by another Pedism, which is, if it sucks, that's that's how you know you're doing it right. But I would add to that, so stand-up sucks, the first 10 years is, is really rough, but if it sucks, that's how you know you're doing it right. And if it sucks and you're enjoying it, that's how you know you're doing it. Like if it sucks and you're still showing up, that's how you know you're doing it right. <laughs> you know, if it sucks so bad beyond the threshold of tolerability, it might be because it's just not the right thing for you. And there's nothing that's a that's a mitzvah to discover, oh, I thought it was this, it's not this. That's okay. It might just be something else. We could really stay on those all night, but I do want to squeeze in a game. Let's get extremely personal and move on to what we call the Fast Five, where we give you five general questions and you answer as quickly as you can. Okay. Favorite cuss word? Oh, I almost said the C word, but that's not true. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going for the greatest shot. You know what it is, though? It's twat. I think twat is so funny. Ooh, yeah. Fun one. I find that women, this sounds so stupid, but like, I'm doing a movie with Judy Greer right now, and I, she's very funny, and we're joking around, and I just jokingly said twat to her, and she laughs so hard. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is, it's sort of the C word that everybody comes along for. It's yeah. just, like, it's underappreciated, yeah. and it's not too yeah. vulgar, it but enough. it's still playful. It's underappreciated, yeah. for sure. It's just too silly of a word to take too seriously. <laughs> All right, you're being sold as an action figure. What two accessories do you come with? Oh, that's great. Well, I know the answer to this. <laughs> I, this is one of those ones I'm going to be upset, but I... You're going to be I thinking don't. about it later. <laughs> I really am. So many of them are too small. Things like Magic Mind or... Well, okay, it's a, micro, <laughs> a microphone. A microphone with stand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is, of course. Is obviously mm-hmm. the first one. With stand. And the other one, oh, so lame. But it would be it would be uh, books. It would be A Course in Miracles. It would be Rupert Spira. It would be Eckhart Tolle. It would, it would be like a stack oh, of little so great. books. I mean, like a true can. scholar. We've got those in our you, library too. We sure do. A Course in Miracles. Oh, do you, do you know Rupert Spira? Uh, Eckhart Tolle. And oh, and Eckhart Tolle. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we I, we I, own I Eckhart Tolle. I can't believe you. I can't believe you know A Course in Miracles. Well, Eckhart is sort of teaching A Course in Miracles without saying he is. Mm. So he, I, I I can't believe you know it, but that 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 book is uh, that's very important to me. It's so good. Got a lot in common, Pete. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Never meet anybody that know, knows that. I'm really. Away. So <laughs> we cool. have a lot to discuss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Never. Yeah. Wow. All right. Who was your first celebrity crush? Oh, uh, Tiffany. Tiffany. Amber Thiessen. Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Yeah. Man, that is the answer. That's the correct answer. And. Correct. And, and my <laughs> wife, my wife has a has a moon face. Tiffany Amber has a like a sure what they call a moon face, very round face. And my wife has a moon face, and I couldn't be happier. Wow. <laughs> right? Yeah. All right. Favorite movie to quote? Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, for sure. Oh, nice. Ooh, such nice. a good one. Coffees for closers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite little town nobody's ever heard of? Favorite little town. I love uh, Saugerties, New York, which is about an hour. I think it's yeah, it's called Saugerties. It's where the uh, 
where the Omega Institute is. Um, it's where I saw Eckhart Tolle. But there's this little town. What? Uh, he, he was just touring. But there's this, uh, uh, a lot of cool spiritual talks have been recorded at Omega. And it's called Socrates, New York. And it's just a Norman Rockwell painting. And it's, you know, it's cold. And it's, you're like, my wife and I were like, are we going to move here? Thank God we didn't. <laughs> but I was like, maybe we live in Socrates. Because <laughs> feels right. Are we going to move here? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so sorry. It's not Socrates. It's Rhinebeck. Rhinebeck, New York. Rhinebeck, New York. Okay. Yeah. I okay. don't know where I got Socrates. Rhinebeck. Okay. Well, good to know. Thank you That's for doing true. that, Pete. That was fun. I appreciate that. Of course, my that. pleasure. I'm I'm pulling up to my house. Go That's so good. Go give her the biggest hug. Have the best Christmas. Looking forward to seeing you on the 31st. Excited for the show. I'm excited too, guys. I really am. Uh, please remind me. Hey, say it's, it's us from the Crunchy Podcast. All right, guys. Merry Christmas. Thank you for having me. Likewise. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, Pete. See you next okay. week. Bye-bye. Bye. Peter. Wow. What's happening? That was really fun. He's amazing. We talk about some interesting things with him. A lot of cool perspectives. So hilarious. Excited to hang with Pete. <laughs> yeah. Timpy Improv on Saturday, December 30th and Sunday the 31st. Tickets available at PeteHolmes.com. Don't forget to check out his new Netflix special, I Am Not For Everyone. And of course, if you're not listening to the You Made A Weird podcast, you are missing out. That was awesome. What a fun guy. He also kind of sounds like TJ Miller when he gets excited. I don't know if anyone's ever told him yeah, that. Yeah, got a hint of that. Okay, little, little hints of Tej. Ooh, I know what I wanted to tell you. New Dream Car giveaway over at 8080. In addition to the 15% off you get for using code Crunchy, every dollar you spend gets you entered in for a chance to win a brand new twin turbo R8 plus $60,000 in fun coupons you do not want to miss out. Nor do you want to forget to check out SimpleCrunchy.com where you'll find every episode, our links for social media, and the Almighty Crunch Store where you'll find all kinds of crunch gear showing that you are proud citizen of Crunch Nation. This has been another episode of Something Crunchy, and as always... Don't ever forget to live your crunchiest life. And be crunchy to one another. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, follow, and all that crunchy good shit. All episodes can be found at somethingcrunchy.com and on all podcast platforms. Thank you for listening. Can you get drunk on seven eggnog? <laughs> <laughs>